0: Money FM 89.3, best of weekends.
1: David Black is the founder of Black Box Research, a Singapore based research agency and data content specialist. Now, they mostly cover the national and regional opinions across Asia. And uh, David's going to give us some insight about the GE. Uh, David, welcome to the show today. Good morning, guys. How are you? Oh, great! It's great to have you on with us, and thanks for taking thanks for time. You. As you're looking at the uh, general election uh, 2020, what what kind of trends are you seeing in terms of what some of the issues are across uh, Singapore?
2: Well, the issues have been settled in for quite a while now, and I think you know uh, you know you've you've heard them out and about in the last uh, last week or so. Certainly, in what you know we've been looking at, and certainly the last few months, and and this is still going right. on through the campaign. We're seeing cost of living right at the very top, and so you're hearing, I think, all the politicians talk about uh, cost of living as a big issue, and that boils down to, you know, everything from medical costs to, you know, the future uh, GST rise, which is on the horizon, and even down to things like utilities, you know, electricity prices, uh, water prices, things like that. So cost of living's up there. Needless to say, jobs and employment, which has been, you know, further hampered by the pandemic and... People are worried about that moving forwards. You've got a lot of professionals who are kind of also worried about jobs with all the sort of disruption going on. And so I think COVID's played into that a big time. So you're certainly seeing jobs and employment as a big issue amongst uh, the millennials and probably those, uh, those workers in their, in their forties. Um, the economy more generally, you know, people are just don't know what's ahead for us. I think the government's been fairly sanguine or, or fairly uh, clear that, you know, there are rocky, uh, you know, it's a rocky road ahead. So that's, that's clearly up there. And then you've got other issues such as healthcare, uh, medical costs, as well as things like uh, uh, government transparency and accountability, which has been a, a thing that's been played out by some of the different opposition parties. And you're seeing that in the top rank of issues as well. So there's a fair, fair few issues in there. But I think, you know, on, t- on, on top of all of that, I think what we've been seeing in the campaign is on top of the issues, you're really seeing the campaign also being framed around this kind of this idea of, you know, who you've, you know, vote for what you know, the kind of idea of reliability and security, versus this other issue of voting for kind of wider representation. So I think you're seeing that play out on top of the issues as well. And so I think it's important. Sometimes I think observers tend to go, well, voters are going to be voting about this issue or that. When often in campaigns, it boils down to kind of simple choices. And some of those choices are becoming more stark, I think, as the week's worn on.
0: Yeah. And on that point, you've covered uh, elections before in Singapore, but this is the first one without rallies because of COVID-19. What have you noticed about the campaigns and what has the research shown you from the public that you've been talking to? This online battle between the parties, how is that affecting their respective campaigns?
2: I think the online campaign has been really, really interesting. And, um, you know, if you're a political junkie like, you know, some of us are, it's been kind of fascinating. You'd sit on there all day and sort of watch what's kind of going on. There's so many platforms and different things now. But I, I think for me, what we've been seeing and what we've certainly been hearing back from people is this kind of real contrast of styles you're seeing online. You know, you see... The PAP, they're coming across. They're very glossy. You know, they're uh, they're quite formal, very authoritative, as you, as you would expect. You've got the Workers Party. They've kind of got their Hammer Time replacement for the physical rally, and they're trying to show diversity and the fact that they're kind of they've got a mastery of all the big issues and the main topics so that they can kind of portray themselves as kind of a, a match for the PAP. And then you've got this other very different style coming through, which is the PSP, which is all very homespun. Sometimes it's a bit goofy. There's a great skit on, I think, that was sort of put on Facebook last night. But at the end of the day, it's quite heartfelt. So you've got all these sort of different uh, different styles. The PSP one's obviously not as slick as some of the others. So that's been really interesting to see, that just that contrast of style. The other thing I think we're picking up is that with the digital campaign or with the digital campaigns going on, everything just moves at the speed of light online. So you've got to react really quickly to what's going on, what's making the headlines that hour, you know, so you saw things like the population debate, which kind of got raised last year. And that, you know, that was going backwards and forwards every hour, you know, one talking head versus another talking head from a different party sort of being forced to just react in real time to that sort of issue. So... The other thing I think about the digital, uh, the digital, or the the online stuff is I think a lot of the time people think well that will level things off, but I don't think that's really the case at all. I think it's it's probably the same as the kind of you know the the sort of real world campaigning. You know that scale doesn't matter. The resources you've got are very important. And you know as they say, you know you guys will understand content is king. And so you know the more you produce, uh, the more you've got a chance of sort of cutting through. So. You know, I think it's you have to be careful to look at the online stuff as well. That it's not necessarily you know, uh, you know, something for everyone there. You know, the more resources you've got, the more you can kind of pack into that landscape, whether it's social media or. Or, uh, or or even through media and stuff like that.
0: Yeah, we're talking with David Black, the Black Box founder and CEO. And on that point about digital communication, mm. we were actually chatting earlier with uh, Indijit Singh, the former mm. PAP MP. And he was fascinating when he discussed the impact of digital communication and the possibility that some areas of society and some voters may be left out. How are you seeing in your research how this current election is working across the different generations.
2: Well, it's definitely a case. I mean, it's a simple, you know, a simple story of demographics here. I think it's fair to say, you know, um, older people may not be as tuned into all the different social media as the younger ones. So they're sort of filtering a lot of what they get through, you know, television and radio and probably print still. But you know, you can't sort of write that off. A lot of them are also seeing. Some of the stuff, you know, through their mobile phones Mm. and their their kids and their grandchildren (laughs) are are sort of keeping them up to speed. Certainly in the focus groups we've been doing and stuff, you know, people definitely pick up on the stuff, but they may not pick up on everything that's serious, but it's kind of more the sort of the memes, the gas and they seem to filter through. So I think it's partly true what he's saying, that, you know, it's not even across all sort of age groups. But even so, I think what you're finding now is the, Certainly the, the the power of social media, it seems to filter through to, you know, probably your great-grandmother. She's seeing a lot of that stuff as well. So maybe not quite as much, but certainly the stuff seems to filter through. But, yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it's clearly different than... Uh than what something like television is, quite
1: different. David, uh, just yesterday they started some online forums where people from cool. the different parties can talk for on TV, on radio, uh, and, uh, and across digital channels as well, in one way to make up for the lack of the big rallies uh, that have been in public in recent years due to COVID-19 this year. Uh, do you suppose that that will in some way, replace those big rallies? Or is it more a matter of it's the best we can do under the circumstances? I think it's the best they can do under the circumstances. I think the big thing is the... You know, you need to remember
2: election season in Singapore is not like it is in some countries where it can go anywhere from two months or like in the States, six to seven months. I mean, you got Donald Trump out this morning at Mount Rushmore, you know, and it's still five or six months before the election. Here, it's very concentrated. So the rally served a very important purpose in Singapore in sort of allowing that kind of, you know, passions felt and issues and whatever to be kind of. You know, they they served as a kind of a lightning rod, so very you know, uh, and allowed people to sort of express themselves to some extent. People are doing that through their through the comments, sort of postings on social media, particularly younger people. That's where they can sound out mm-hmm. whether it's Twitter or Facebook mm-hmm. or memes on Instagram, even TikTok. I think has sort of got into the act in the last couple of weeks. So, uh, but it's not it's not a direct replacement, and this is why I think you've seen this really big contrasting styles. I've been really interested in the whole PSP approach that they've sort of gone you know, gone for basics, you know, yeah. and so they've tried to entertain and stuff. And that, you know, that may prove who knows, but it may prove to be that's a better way through. If you can't capture that that sort of raw emotion you can at a at a at a football stadium, maybe you go for that kind of more light entertainment Sort of stuff which people are familiar with on uh, online and in
0: social media, which was always very popular, of course, with uh, Lau Chek Kiang in his infamous Tu Chu rallies down at Hougang, which I've seen myself. I mean, they were almost stand-up comedy performances. And on yeah. that point, on that point, I mean this election campaign i mean it's always going to throw up new personalities have any stood out for you so far do you think any particular individual or party has captured the public attention this week
2: yeah well i think you know campaigns always raise kind of you know you know you can really make a name for yourself in a campaign so certainly you know this, at the very start of the campaign i mean uh, there's absolutely no doubt and we've had this played back to us in in groups and stuff you know the, the the entry of the Prime Minister's brother into the fray really helped the PSP brand sort of get attention where otherwise I don't think may have, it may have struggled a little bit to do, particularly, you know, with everybody wearing masks and, you know, sort of leadership not sort of as visible as they might have been in the past. So certainly him as a personality has helped to sort of ignite for that particular party. And, you know, he's had his own Things to say online and 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 his presence has has kind of been there, and so I think it, it remains a question whether the PSD can capitalise on that further as we get into the last five or six days. But certainly, he captured the public's attention. You know, whether whether positive or negative, he's been a presence and really helped that brand. The other one that comes through was because I think this week we've had this. Uh, this series of debates, and that very first debate, the English language debate, which I think was on Tuesday night, uh, this this Jameis Lim from the Workers' Party absolutely did capture people's attention. He wasn't that well known. He had a very short period of uh, time to... To frame his answers, but he seemed well prepared, and people have really reacted to that. We've heard that play back uh, in groups. You can go online and see that. So I think he's emerged as sort of the, you know, like Nicole did in 2011. I think Jameis may be the kind of the the kind of the standout, certainly new figure in the campaign that we've seen this time. So he's certainly certainly a fresh face to watch in the future. I think it's also fair to say you know on the on the government side, I mean they 've sort of spread duties around and, you know I think hegwick you know got off to a bit of a i think fair to say a rocky start early in the week uh, with his uh you know uh, you know when he when he moved into east Coast, but he seems to have settled over the week, I think, and you 've seen his presence step up a bit and so I think the p a p will be looking for a, a very big performance from him in the home straight in the coming days, just you know given his status as the, the sort of PM in waiting. So, yeah, it's been fascinating. I mean, there's been some other characters, I think, in there. But certainly, you know, from what we're hearing and what we're seeing, you know, they seem to be some of the characters that have certainly emerged in the first week.
1: And it seems too that during that debate with Janice Lim that Vivian Belakrishnan also uh, stepped up in a way that his supporters were saying was a very positive uh, presentation from him.
2: Yeah, well I mean I mean Vivian's always been a very polished uh, performer and you know he's uh, he's been around a long time uh, always been a very slick performer publicly I think. And so you know I think you know he had to you know he had to be he had he had to be on his best game that evening. I think that was quite clear. And you know I think people were really fascinated by that kind of uh, that tussle between him and James Lim. I think both 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 gave good TV as they
1: said. David, what do we look forward to uh, in this week? This we've got six days until the vote happens. What should we be uh, looking for?
2: Well, there's always surprises, isn't there? I mean, it's rarely a campaign you see where there's no surprises. So I think what you can you can absolutely bet on in the last week is your usual. There'll be the mix of uh, stunts from different people. I think, you know, as you get into the last week, those kind of quotes and responses can really kind of take off, you know, because I think particularly media are looking for those things that really kind of summarize a campaign or summarize an issue or a topic. And then, of course, you've got the whole kind of uh, the, the, you know, the prospect of more gas and, you know, every campaign, all, all, all elections have these sort of gas and you saw, you know, quite a few of them in the sort of first week. So I think you know we can be prepared for probably small surprises. I don't know if there's a big big surprise out there. I'd be you know I I, I, I just don't see that necessarily happening. I think you know most of the most of the parties have got the big stuff out now. Now it's about I think really trying to refine and um, and crystallise those messages in the in the in the sort of coming days. And I think what you're probably going to see As we approach Friday, is things kind of really measured down into a kind of that binary choice I talked about before, Mm. which is, you know, on the one side, are you happy with the way things are working in Singapore? Are you happy with the government's record or whatever else? Or, you know, do you take the other side where you kind of want to add a few more items to the shopping trolley and sort of go for a little bit more variety next time? So I think as we go on through the week, that's going to become a lot more stark.
0: And final question for me, David, is based on your focus group discussions, as Singaporean voters go into that voting booth, what do you think will be the key issue for them that will determine their vote?
2: As I say, I think it's going to be, I think, I think more than a single issue, you know, I think people will be looking at kind of, you know, what's in their pocket and what's ahead. And I think all those things will be on, on the back of their mind. But by and large, I feel that on Friday most people will kind of go into that booth with all these issues there but I still feel and this has you know really been a a, a traditional or, or, or uh, you know certain, something that's fairly typical in Singapore which is that really that that dual question of you know we go with what's tried and true we've we've known them for a long time through our history and that or as I say you know, can we afford ourselves a bit more variety now? And that's what the opposition parties, I think, will increasingly keep coming back to, which is you know that that type of a choice. And I think by Friday, most people will be thinking of that, and we'll have to make that that decision there in the uh, there in the voting booth.
1: Thanks to David Black, the founder of Black Box Research, a Singapore-based research agency and data content. Agency as well. We appreciate your time and your insight on the upcoming GE 2020, David.
0: Thanks very much, guys. To listen to more great interviews, download our podcasts at MoneyFM893.sg or download the SBH radio app available on Google Play or the App Store.